0: Good morning, everyone, and I greet you in Jesus' name. One of the uh, great invitations of Jesus is found in John 7, verse 37, where Jesus was at the temple and teaching and says in that verse, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone thirsts. Let him come to me and drink. If you have a spiritual thirst, come, I can satisfy it, Jesus said. The woman at the well, you remember that story in the town of Sychar? They found that living water that Jesus offered truly satisfied. It really satisfied their, their deepest needs. There's another uh, invitation in Revelation 22 near the end of uh, that last chapter. Verse 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts, Come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life Freely. Now, in this uh, in this verse, I see a call going in two different directions: one to Jesus and one to mankind. In uh, earlier in that chapter, in verse seven, and again in verse twelve, Jesus says, "I am coming quickly. I am coming quickly," and then the spirit and the bride, uh, the saints, respond to Jesus' uh, saying announcement that he was coming quickly, and they say to him, come, come to the earth and receive us. And then it seems to be saying, let those who hear the spirit and the bride uh, calling for Jesus to come, let these people out there that are hearing that. Join the bride and accept Christ as their Savior, and join the bride's call to Jesus, come. And then finally, there's an invitation that appears directed to non-Christians. Whosoever will may come. Whosoever desires, come to Jesus, like Jesus' invitation in verse 37 of John 7. These are great invitations. There have been many invitations. Uh, But Jesus said that few will respond to his invitations. Most will follow other ways. And even with the many calls through the prophets, through the ministries of John the Baptist, and Jesus, and the apostles, and the growing body of the church, Many will hear, but few will follow. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, chapter 7 of Matthew, verse 13 and 14, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way, it says the New King James, which leads to life. There are few who find it, but people will respond. Maybe proportionately, it is to a small percentage, but many will hear and desire, and will follow that call. They will follow the deep needs and desires of their heart, and respond to the invitation. There's different examples, even in the Old Testament. Uh, One is in Isaiah 2, beginning at verse 3. Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us His ways, and we shall walk in His paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And that same verse is found in Micah 4, verse 2. And then Zechariah uh, chapter 8, beginning at verse 21. The inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us continue to go and pray before the Lord and seek the Lord of hosts, I myself will go also. Yes, many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts In those days, ten men from every language of the nations shall grasp the sleeve of a Jewish man, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Others the scripture, reading about people that hear these calls and, and they go. It sounds like many here were going. And then there was the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 when the Spirit came on the believers, and there was a noise, a, a mighty rushing wind, and there were tongues of fire. And farmers foreigners that were gathered there that day were able to understand in their own language what uh, the disciples, what Peter was saying. But the most powerful of all was Peter's sermon and the way that the Spirit worked in that crowd to, uh, to call them to, to Christ. So in verse 37 it says, now when they heard this, when they heard uh, Peter's message, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter said to them, repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. And then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And that was just the beginning. Uh, many have responded since. And we've joined that group of people who listened to God's call and responded to it. My mind was drawn to an invitation hymn that we sung and have heard sung many times. And if you want to follow along, you can turn in your songbook to number song number 629. Um, I'll sing it to you. But uh, I want to notice what this song says. Just As I Am was written by Charlotte Elliott in 1836, when she was in her upper 40s. In her growing up years in England, uh, she lived a happy, carefree life as a youngster, and she became quite popular as a portrait artist. And also for writing humorous verse, which probably helped prepare her for this hymn writing work. She wrote many hymns, but around thirty, uh, she started having health problems, and before long, she was bedridden, bedridden, and miserable, and even bitter. And she was still living at home with her folks, and a Swiss evangelist visited their home once, and her parents asked him, would he talk with uh, Charlotte about her spiritual needs? And one thing he impressed on her was this, that you must come to Jesus just as you are, a sinner to the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And according to my source, for the rest of her life, uh, she celebrated that day as her spiritual birthday every year. And about 14 years later, she wrote this song. And it was published with a collection of other songs that she had written and it spread far and wide around the world. And when she died at 82 years old, we had in a box a collection of around a thousand letters from people around the world expressing their appreciation for what this song had meant to them. And just as a sidebar, this tune uh, that we singed to was composed by William Bradbury, who uh, wrote the music for Jesus Loves Me. And the Sweet Hour Prayer and the solid rock, my hope is built on nothing less than some other songs that we're familiar with. But let's take a closer look at this song. Though it is often sung at revival meetings during invitations, that's the way I remember, where I remember hearing it most often, it strikes me, and especially impressed me recently uh, in looking at this song, that is it's really applicable to all of a Christian's life. From conversion, to wherever we are in our spiritual journey toward a closer walk with God, toward sanctification, toward greater Christ-likeness. Um, the song we sang this morning, I think it was our second one, Nearer, Still Nearer, I believe would have said very well here as well. with the theme. So this song, says, Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou didst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. So we start our Christian life without any merit, nothing to bargain with God about, without any plea, without any case that we can make of our own, and no chance before a holy God except for two things. And they are, number one, that Christ's blood was shed for me, that God so loved the world that He gave His God begotten Son. And Christ shed His blood for me. And number two, that Christ calls us to come to Him. And then we respond, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. And we praise the Lord for that atonement and for that invitation. There should be a deep sense of gratitude. And I sense it in this song. Except that the Lord loves us, and He does, and except that the Lord calls us, and He does, we're hopelessly stuck. So that's the emphasis of that first stanza. Then he goes on, "Just as I am, and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot, to thee whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God, I come, I come." So this this verse is dealing with the sin in our lives. It could be a conversion. It needs to be a conversion but it could be any time thereafter. 1 John 1, if we say that we have no sin, and this was written to Christians, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, for those times that we falter and we stumble and we fall, uh, even after we became Christians, and I don't have to remember too far back to remember something that I had to come to Jesus about and ask forgiveness for: pride, jealousy, critical. Judgmental spirit, anger, hatred, an unforgiving attitude, moral impurity, dishonesty, covetousness, impatience. Those are things that can crop up, can show up in a Christian's life. And when they do, uh, we need to deal with it. And we hear God's call. We hear His conviction, we must confess and repent. And then he is faithful and just to forgive and cleanse us. He's faithful to convict us, to convict his children. And so then we come to him just as we are. With our need for further cleansing, we don't say, okay, I'm going to try real hard, for the next week and I'm gonna live in victory and I'll really please God and then I'll feel better about coming and apologizing for where I messed up. No, we come then just as we are messy, dirty, not so pretty and needing to be cleaned up. And He's there. And like David said, We don't just take that for granted like he drew from the psalm. We want to please God. We want to love Him more. The third stanza, Just as I am, though tossed about, with many a conflict and many a doubt, fighting within and fears without, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. You know, sometimes Our faith kind of wobbles. We face daunting challenges, maybe a difficult relationship. We're shaken by fear of the unknown or whatever. We can struggle with temptations. We can uh, be enduring in the middle of painful trials and suffering or whatever. Where do we go for help? We go to Jesus. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, poor, wretched, blind, sight riches healing of the mind, yet all I need in thee to find, O Lamb of God, I come. how much we need to grow, how far we have to go to reach its likeness. Immaturities, just misguided, misinformed, imperfections in the way we think, unbalanced priorities, needs of all kinds. The Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 4, I'll begin at verse 14, See then that we have a great high priest, O Lamb of God, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in time of need. The answers for all those things, all those immaturities, all those Wrongly informed, fault patterns, whatever, unbalanced priorities, needs of all kinds. All of those things we can come to Jesus for mercy and grace to help in time of need. O Lamb of God, I come. Verse 5, just as I am, thou wilt receive. Wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve. Because thy promise I believe, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. All our needs met in Him. Then just as I am, thy love unknown has broken every barrier down. Now to be thine, yea, thine alone, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. The praise of a redeemed and fully yielded disciple, fruitful and living in victory through Christ's power to deliver and to live a new life. Uh, from an unpublished manuscript, I came across a little story. This happened. This is true. Uh, Some missionaries in Honduras wrote up stories of uh, different people and their own experiences. But this is one. And a uh, Marcus Whitmer interviewed a young Honduran man about his age, I think Marcus was of the exile maybe, and so he approached this young man and asked him would he uh, tell him about his conversion experience. And so I'll, I'll try to abbreviate it here. And his mother was young, he said. This, uh, this happens often in Central America. Young girls, 13, 14, 15, run off with a guy and back up. And that's what she did with a boy not much older than herself. And they lived together a few months and then found she was expecting. And they started fighting. They weren't. They weren't getting along well at all. And one night, he didn't come home. And he didn't come back. He abandoned this young man's mother. And then after he was born, his mother gave him away. He suffered a lot of rejection for that. His grandparents raised him. He said to Marcus that he, he lived with his grandparents until he was old enough to leave. And he fell in with a rough bunch of guys when he was 10 years old. He started doing drugs. 10 years old. Uh, mostly marijuana and stuff like that. And Marcus said that he couldn't believe a 10-year-old boy. He thought he must have misspoken. Yeah, at 10 years old, he said, I started on drugs. And he did that for a while. But eventually, he grew to just just despise the drugs. He couldn't afford them, for one thing. And he was desperate to stop. And he would decide in the morning, I'm going to quit. Today is the day I'm going to quit. This will be the end of it. He was desperate to stop, and he was determined to overcome this habit, and he would avoid his friends, but sooner or later, he would run into one of them, and they would say, hey, come on and have a smoke, and he couldn't resist, and he'd fall back into the drug lifestyle again. There was no power. There was no power, he said. Marcus was just uh, just impressed with what a vast gulf has separated his upbringing from this young guy's. And yet, somehow, this boy had found a power that saved and delivered him. He said he lived for several years, in that horrid state of helplessness. And then one day, he accepted Christ. He found the Lord. And he said that my cravings immediately stopped. Not only did he experience total victory, but the temptation itself was just gone. That I've been free of drugs since. And look at the difference it makes. Now all my friends who kept dragging me back into drugs come to me and they ask, how did you escape? How do we get out? And he said, I have the joy of telling them it's not me, it's Christ who lives in me. And he was jubilant about his Christian life. Now, not everybody experiences a miracle like that when they come to Jesus. But that power is there for all of us. And the Spirit keeps calling us. We're still hearing the shepherd's call. And we must respond. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. In Hebrews 3, there's a message for us, for Christians. Hmm. Uh, I'll not read all of these first 15 verses, but um, I want us to really think about what well, this says. This is written to Christians who have responded or who had responded to Christ's call and he says there in verse 1, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. And then it goes on and describes Jesus and His faithfulness. So this is written to people uh, who are partakers of the heavenly calling. They heard the call from God from Jesus, and they responded to it, and they are holy brethren. But in verse 7, he says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion and the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works Forty years, therefore I was angry with that generation and said they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Now that's the quote from the Old Testament, but the Hebrew writer is giving it here in this letter, in this epistle, to Christians today If you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So, we as Christians continue to hear the call of God. Sometimes it's conviction. Sometimes it's direction. Sometimes it's insights and challenges to just draw nearer to him. But we're Still hearing that call. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Because we can do that. We can resist. We can dismiss. We can push it aside. We can distract ourselves with something else so we don't have to think about it. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. And then down several verses later, he says, For we have become partakers... Well, let's uh, back up to verse 12. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened from the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. As in the rebellion, quoting the same Old Testament scripture that he mentioned back in verse 7. So, exhort one another, he said, while it is today, let you be pardoned through the deceitfulness of sin. And that can happen when we hear the call and we say, mm, not now. Or we distract ourselves. Or we dismiss it. Or all those things I mentioned before. And then we can begin to think, maybe it's okay. Maybe it's not as bad as I thought. Today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your heart, He says. So there are other calls in the Scripture. There's a call from Jesus to abide in Him, John 15. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Abide in me. A call from God, an invitation to God. Lamb of God, I hear that. I come. I come. There's a call for rest in Matthew 11, 48. very familiar. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light say yes to the call of God. There's a call to holiness. Numbers of calls to holiness. Many calls to holiness. 1 Peter 1, verse 15 and 16. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. To put, behind us to put off all those old works of the flesh that I read back earlier and to put on the new man, to commit ourselves to the new man, to to love. Instead of pride and jealousy, humility. Instead of an unforgiving spirit, forgiveness. Instead of dishonesty, truthfulness. Instead of covetousness, contentment. Instead of irritability and impatience, patience and long-suffering. Purity instead of impurity. Say yes. Sometimes we're called to suffer and Peter wrote about that in 1 Peter 2, verses 20 and 21. For what credit is it, he wrote, if when you are beaten for your fault, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow His steps. So, sometimes we'll be mistreated, untimely, and uh, harshly even, possibly. But do like Jesus. He he left an example for us. And we're called to follow in His steps. Say yes. And there would be others there would be numbers of others. Here's one. And that is to join, we're called, to join Jesus, to join the Spirit in calling others. In Mark 1, verse 17, Jesus said, Follow me, and I will make you become seekers of men. And we notice that um, the verse in Revelation 22, verse 17, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, come, Lord Jesus, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts come, whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. We want to be part of the bride, Calling those who aren't yet to come and take of the water of life freely. Sometime Jesus said in Revelation twenty two that He's coming quickly. Sometime there will be that last call, the last call that we'll hear. Uh, I read about that in First Thessalonians four and verse 16, "...for the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord." The Amplified begins verse 16, where I read, the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout. The Amplified says, will descend from heaven with a loud cry of summons, calling us, come, come up here and join me. And once we are there, we will always be with the Lord. We will have arrived. And we'll not be any closer than that and will be praising Him forever. There's another song that I was looking at this week that impressed me. I will not go into that one except I'll read the first verse. I'll praise my Maker while I've breath, And when my voice is lost in death, praise shall employ my nobler powers. My days of praise shall never be passed, while life and thought and being last or immortality endures. So he's basically saying, I'm a Christian. I'm going to praise the Lord forever. Here. Starting here. And when I die, when my voice is lost in death, then I'll just shift years. I'll be employing my nobler powers with my new body, my resurrected body, and will be pray- will just continue praising while life and thought and being last here, or immortality endures which is forever. So there's a lot of praising out there. And I wondered I wondered about that song just as I am without one plea. I don't know whether that whether we'll sing that song in heaven or not, but maybe we would change that last line. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. O Lamb of God, I'm here. I'm here. In a, in a song of praise and thanksgiving. The Lord has called us. What a blessing. What an opportunity to hear. What an opportunity to respond. What a blessing to respond. And God's calls continue all through our Christian life. Sometimes it's conviction, sometimes it's an insight, an instruction. And always come closer. Always come closer. We God help us to always say, O oh, Lamb of God, yes, I come. I come. And then to join Him when He calls us that last time. for last time.